Great news! I seem to have um, essentially immediately solved my condensation uh, problem. As soon as the place heated up, the condensation just pissed off, which is nice. Uh, here's one for you about condensation and humidity in general. People are familiar with temperature, um, and you'll hear on the news the humidity, but people don't really know what that is. So 100% humidity is essentially a steam room. Or if you've ever been to like a tropical country that was just fucking, oh, you could barely breathe. It was just the, the air was kind of almost wet. Uh, the, de- the opposite of that is if you were in the middle of the Sahara Desert and your mouth was as dry as Gandhi's flip-flop and you were parched and your skin was being baked off you and there's a... There's a, I don't know, there's something to the, to the breathing of really dry air. Where would you, do you know another place you get dry air? In an attic in the summer where it's fucking bone dry. It's 0% humidity up there and it's really dry and horrible. But anyway, enough about humidity issues in my mobile podcast studio. That's been solved, which is fucking great. But what I wanted to talk about is essentially what I talk about. I talk about this a lot and I've been, I've been talking about it a lot recently I'm going to talk a little bit more about it and it's the idea that understanding basic stuff allows you to kind of grow and understand wider, larger, kind of bigger, more more detailed, more deeper things generally basically and I've been going down a bit of an energy rabbit hole recently because of the fact that I've needed a source of energy for the studio as I was saying in the last episode, the battery in the van isn't powerful enough. I could get a bet a battery bank, which is basically like a huge battery, a battery the size of a suitcase, and then I'd need what's called an inverter as well. Um, so you plug your power source, which is your suitcase-sized battery, into your inverter, and then your inverter has a three-pin socket on it. You can run an extension lead and run whatever else off that you want. Now, for the kind of electricity consumption that I'm looking at, the best part of a thousand watts. That at peak, say, not all the time, but you know, they're there about between five and six, five hundred watts and a thousand watts. I need a big battery bank and a big inverter. You're probably looking at a couple of hundred quid for the battery bank and a couple of hundred quid for the inverter, totaling the best part of a grand. So, oh, there's my heater after kicking back in. Shit, give us two secs. You can probably hear that. I'm going to lower this down. my heater decided to kick back in I don't know what knocked it off I wonder is there a thermostat on it but it's too fucking noisy there we go to have running while I'm recording but anyway so yeah I've been down a bit of a ra- uh, an energy rabbit hole I'm not going to get into watts, volts, amps or current because I don't understand them well enough I don't understand them full stop they've been explained to me um, but and I've understood what's been explained to me and that's one point I never made about the plumbing system or the heating system in my house when I had the plumber install it in the first place he walked me through every fucking pipe and every valve and every square inch of the thing and as he explained it I gladly smiled and nodded I understood what he said but I never retained it because I didn't get it and that's what I'm trying to get across that's what my most of my efforts are in relation to this whole podcast and this whole thing it's trying to get people, and by, of course by people, I mean, I mean myself, it's trying to get myself and others to grasp fundamentals. It's to grasp the underlying axioms that we, we hold and that we have, and that just to have a foundational understanding of things, because once you have a foundational understanding of things, you can progress from there. You can't do what most people do and watch the news and think that they're informed, even though they don't know anything about the basics of politics. They don't know anything about the left or the right or the conservative or the liberal or neoliberalism or any of these different terms. And you need to understand these 
to understand politics. And if you don't understand politics, why are you watching the fucking news? But anyway, I suppose the news does more than politics. Not much more these days, but such is life. But sticking with energy and moving away from things that I don't understand, I want to talk briefly about where energy comes from. Because as you can imagine, when I was thinking about how I'm going to power something and where I'm going to get that electricity from, where I'm going to get that energy from, it just had my mind spinning a little about energy and electricity generation and consumption and all that jazz. So here's one for you. We have nuclear power plants dotted across the planet. There's fucking thousands of them that are everywhere. My understanding is that they essentially provide the overwhelming majority of electricity worldwide. Okay? We even have them in fucking submarines dotted all over the fucking world as well. But anyway, these generators... Actually, you see, this is fucking... This is the thing. I can't talk about nuclear energy without talking first a little bit about electricity. Okay? So there's an electric motor. Okay, now you might know a whole pile about an electric motor. I don't know a lot about an electric motor. Something to do with a copper coil and magnets and electromagnetism and uh, I'm running out here. Um, But basically, you put electricity into an electric magnet. Oh, sorry, if you put electricity into an electric magnet on one side, out the other side, something will spin. That's basically how an electric motor works. Electricity in one side and something spins on the other side. So think of Elon Musk's Tesla cars. Huge, big, giant battery connected to an electric motor. The battery pushes electricity in one side of the electric motor. Something spins on the other side. That spinning thing is attached to a crankshaft of some description or an axle or whatever, and that in turn turns the wheels, and hey, presto, you know how to build yourself a Tesla from scratch. Okay? But moving away from Tesla and Elon Musk and batteries and back to the electric motor. So that's the general concept that I need you to get a, I need to get across. An electric motor is this motor thing. It could be any size. It could be the size of a fucking of your fist. It could be the size of a grape. It could be the size of a fucking building. It, it doesn't matter. It's the exact same principle applies. You push electricity in one side and something spins on the other side. That's it. It's all an electric motor does. Okay. Here's one for you. Have you ever heard of a dynamo? People old enough to remember lights on bicycles that were powered by the wheel will know what a dynamo is. I think they were actually called dynamos. It was a little thing that you clipped onto the front of your bike, okay? And there was something almost like the almost like the cap of a, a Coke bottle. You know the way you twist the cap of a Coke bottle and it comes off? But this thing you could twist and twist and twist and twist and twist forever, but it'd never come off. it just twist on the spot. It wasn't threaded, so it just would, would twist. Twist, 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 twist. Now you press this thing that twisted up against the tyre, and as you cycled along, the wheel obviously goes round and round and round, but it would spin this thing that I'm talking about twisting as it pushed up against the wheel. So as you moved, the movement of the big wheel, of which there are two on a bicycle, the movement of that big wheel going round in a circle, rubbing off this little cap thing, made the cap thing spin like fuck. Okay? And then that powered your light. 
And if you've ever been camping, you might have, or maybe if you've worked down the farm or something, you might have a little radio or a, a torch or a lamp or something, and you power it by winding it up. Or maybe think back to the fucking Dizay when radios first became a thing, way before electricity was available anywhere, really. And what you did was you had a handle and a crankshaft, and you just, you just wind it up, and then your radio would play for half an hour or an hour, depending on the type of setup that it was okay so that exact same that's called a a dynamo basically okay a dynamo is something that you can turn and it generates electricity but here's the fucking thing lads a dynamo and an electric motor are the exact same thing so in the exact same way that when you push electricity into an electric motor on one side and something spins the other side if you just pick up an electric motor off the ground, okay, you'll see where the electricity goes into it and you'll see the thing that spins. But if you start spinning the thing that spins, it pisses electricity out the other way. It works in reverse, okay? So an electric motor is just an electric motor. You pump in electricity and something spins. But if you spin the thing that spins, it generates electricity, okay, and becomes a dynamo. Okay, so that's the the fundamental thing that you need to understand before you can understand anything, as far as I'm concerned, in relation to watts or volts or amps or current or any of that jazz. Okay, so you spin something and it creates electricity. Think of a hydroelectric dam, okay, or even think about a an old an old mill, an old what you call it, flour mill. Old flour mills used to be by riversides all factories used to be by riversides by the way because they were all powered not by electricity but by the river so you'd put like a carousel something you'd put something into the water and it'd spin like the back of those old kind of steamboats from back in the day the huge big kind of turning propeller thing on the back of boats you'd put one of them into the river as the water flowed past it it would spin it and then you would con- you would attach an axle to that thing and it would turn a big fucking cog and that cog would turn another cog and that cog would turn another cog and at the end of it you'd have a big stone going round in a circle you'd throw in your grain underneath that stone as it rolled around and it create flour you could also pump water and lift things up high and you could do all sorts of stuff you're basically just converting the energy that the river gave you into some other use okay but anyway enough about flour mills and rivers these days what we do is we put dynamos basically into the river or we we put something that will turn when you put it into the river it turns it turns the thing that an electric motor usually spins and then outside then out the other end comes electricity. But instead of every factory having to be by a river that generated its own electricity, we have huge big places that generate electricity and we just send that electricity to whoever needs it via wires and cables and and all that jazz, okay? Now, you're probably more familiar with burning coal for energy, which is obviously a dirtier way than, than getting it from the wind or getting it from solar or whatever else but speaking of wind we forget about solar because i don't understand solar we look at wind we all we've all seen the big wind turbines around the place they're spinning around and they generate generate electricity somehow well what's in them is a big giant electric motor okay and when the blades turn around they turn the thing on the electric motor that would usually spin when you put electricity in the other side but this thing is already spinning so it generates electricity okay now 
where you're build, where you're burning coal or that basically what they do is they turn the part of the electric motor that generates electricity, they turn that by using steam. So they boil up a load of water and they'll force it through tight spaces. And that tight space will push something or it'll make something expand. And that energy is basically concentrated into making something spin and generating electricity. Okay? So that's how you set how you generate electricity from burning shit, like coal. Okay? Now we started off talking uh, about nuclear power earlier. I hope we did. The way a nuclear power station works, I actually don't know how a nuclear power station works, by the way. But the principle behind it is you create a controlled atomic bomb, basically. Okay? You split the atom, it releases a shit ton of fucking energy. With an, with a, an atom bomb, you give it a load, you put in, I think the fuel is uranium. So you put in enough uranium so that when one uranium atom splits, the things, the subatomic particles that fly out of it fly into other uranium atoms. They split, producing more subatomic particles which fly into uranium atoms and split them and split them and you've essentially got a chain reaction. You chuck a fucking couple of kilos of uranium in, set one atom, split one atom and then fucking boom, you have a fucking hole in the planet, okay? Now, what a nuclear power plant does is it doesn't provide enough uranium at any one go to explode. So it's kind of like a a really slowed-down, controlled explosion. Now, that's fucking seriously base-level stuff there, lads. I've never... I didn't even bother Googling this before, and that's just my own conception of how it works, and I'm, I'm fairly sure it's accurate. But anyway... A vast amount of heat is produced in that nuclear fission process of splitting the atom. And that heat goes in and heats up water, basically, which is forced through pipes. It's created, uh, it creates steam. It powers turbines, basically. Turbines spin, and that spinning motion is connected to an electric motor and out pops all the electricity that you could ever want. Dodgy thing about nuclear power plants, as everybody knows, is that they can blow up and leave, you know thousands of square kilometers of area uninhabitable forever and not in a good way even when they work perfectly well they generate a lot of i think it's depleted uranium so the uranium that they use and that's now split that becomes radioactive i think and you know will kill every living cell for a million years after it anyway enough about fucking power plants and power stations what i'm getting to is oh sorry yes so nuclear power is splitting the atom Okay, fusion is a different type of nuclear power. We haven't been able to do it yet. Okay, and what fusion is is instead of splitting the atom, which releases a load of subatomic particles, which are basically just the insides of atoms, instead of it releasing them and causing a big chain reaction, what fusion is is you get two atoms. I don't know. I think it's hydrogen they use typically, or hydrogen is, is the best one instead of uranium. So you use hydrogen atoms, and you instead of splitting them, you press them together so fucking hard that they fuse. And it, when that process of fusion takes place, it emits a shit ton of fucking heat, which you can then boil water and power turbines and generate electricity. Happy fucking days. We haven't cracked it here on Earth yet. I say we haven't cracked it here on Earth because the sun cracked it about fucking 100 billion years ago. So that's where the sun gets its energy. So at the beginning of the Big Bang, what was it, 13.8 odd billion years ago, 
the universe burst into existence and it was the universe was full of nothing basically particles dust and gas and not a whole pile of anything and over billions of years everything got closer together everything got closer together because stuff in space tends to kind of clump together long story anyway all the hydrogen clumped together there was a load of hydrogen at the start of the big at the the universe was full of hydrogen at the start of the big bang and shortly after not at the start there was no before the start of the Big Bang. It's a long story. But anyway, so all the gas in the universe basically stuck together and created clumps of gas. This this clumping of the gases increased the mass or the yeah, the mass of the gases. So it, as it got closer and closer together, it got denser and denser. As stuff got denser, it started to attract things because it had its own gravity. So gravity started pulling everything together, everything together, everything together, hoovering up all this gas. And basically what happened was you'd have an enormous giant ball of hydrogen gas, okay, getting... Not only was it attracting other objects, the bigger it got, but it was squeezing itself even tighter under the weight of its own gravity. Kind of complicated without fucking visuals. But anyway... So as it got bigger and bigger and bigger, it created more gravity. And as it got bigger, it had the ability to pull in more gas. And there was a, a positive feedback loop. It was getting bigger and bigger. And the bigger and bigger it got, the more power it had to draw in more material, therefore getting bigger and bigger, therefore gathering more momentum and more gravity to pull in more shit together. But as it's pulling everything towards itself from all sides, so up, down, left, right, from every angle, it's all being pulled towards the very centre of it, okay? And what happens with stars is it pulls, there's so much pressure on the inside of the stars that the star, that the atoms in the centre of the stars are squeezed together so tightly that they fuse. That fusion creates a massive amount of energy and ping, you've got a fucking light bulb in space, which is essentially a star. But interestingly as well, This is the same for planets as well. So if there's a load of dust in space, over time it'll come together, it'll generate enough gravity at a certain stage to start attracting things towards it. As it attracts things towards it, it gets bigger. As it gets bigger, it attracts more things towards it. And if it's not made of gas and it's made of solid materials, it becomes a planet, okay? The atoms that make solid planet-like objects in space, I don't think they've got the right atoms to ever ignite, basically. And they don't get nearly big enough for that pressure to push the atoms together. But anyway, that's why all celestial objects, so that's why all objects in space, basically, they're all spherical, above a certain size. So there's no such thing as something, let's say, the size of the Earth that's rectangular in shape, or like in a star shape, or... Even in a regular shape, everything the size of Earth and bigger is always spherical. Always. Because it has so much gravity, it's pulling itself in so tightly. Even if it started out as rectangular and it got to be a bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger rectangle, as its own gravity started pulling itself into the centre so much, it would bend and buckle like planet-shaped, planet-sized objects into spheres so everything the size well we can go smaller than earth mars is a planet it's a lot smaller than earth the moon is a lot smaller than earth and it's spherical so presumably everything bigger than the moon which isn't that big 
everything bigger than the moon and space is spherical. There's one for you. That's nearly 20 fucking minutes, lad. Everything in the universe that's bigger than the moon is spherical. And I got there from trying to talk about energy. And on that somewhat waffly note, I'll chat you soon.